Hey everybody, welcome back to Lost in Plots with me, Jordan and Corey from Team Owlcrate. We are going to be talking to you today about our chapter one, which we're going to be calling uh, Romance and Fantasy. Corey, are you excited? Very excited. This is podcast number two. I can't believe it. Is it two or one? Well, it is technically number two, but it's chapter one. That is true. Just to confuse everybody, that's <laughs> the format that we're deciding on. Um, if you haven't already, you can go back and listen to our prologue. Uh, we just launched our adult-only sub. We did, and to great success, might I add. And a little stress, but great success. Great success, and it sold out, actually. Technically sold it, out. Yeah, it sold out uh, in like a lovely amount of time. We sent, uh, I don't know if we want to go into how we launched it. A bit. I don't know. I think people uh, would probably be interested in like a little behind the scenes because you had a great hand in that. Yeah. So how we launched, um, we'll go into how, kind of how it came to be, but how we launched, which is kind of top of mind right now because we just experienced it, is we, and this is how we do a lot of our launches, but our YA and middle grade full box subscribers got early access and everybody was really excited. And then we had our waitlist that we've been compiling for a few months now. Um, we've been teasing the adult fantasy book only box for a while. And that list was very long. And luckily we actually got through that list and sold out really, really quickly, which is great. Um, we have a new list going, a new waitlist for August. We'll, we'll have more spots opening up in August. So people will be getting off that list pretty quick. Um, but it was a perfect launch, um, perfect from the customer's point of view, maybe less perfect from our point of view, because there's always technical issues when you have websites, but sh you didn't hear it from us. Every time I have a live, I like to say that it's not a live unless there's a technical issue. And that's true, because technology just exists to make our lives better, but it just throws us for a loop all the time. As long as our fans and subscribers had a great smooth time. And to be fair, we, we've actually, as a team, I feel, learned a lot of lessons that stem from our very first big sale last year, which was our Black Friday sale, because many members of our team were brand new back then. And I think that that kind of like has helped us as, as well as listening to our community and what they want <laughs> yeah, helped I think, navigate uh, the sale. Last Black Friday, uh, we had a lot of new team members. Jordan included, um, and we really just kind of threw everybody off the deep end. So, <laughs> um, and everybody's still here, so that's great. That's a great sign. It is a great sign, and it was fun then, and it's still fun. It's a lot of fun to do sales because one of the cool things that I got to watch in the background that I didn't get to do in Black Friday is the live that we get to watch as a team behind the scenes. So we yeah. get to see everybody um, signing up to these services and and boxes that we have and that was just very cool and it was really cool to see all of the little pings from all over the globe of our fans from like different countries and things like that that you wouldn't normally get to see that was yeah, that was cool. very special how our platform works is in the back end we can actually have a live view of a globe like it's like a virtually rendered globe and you can actually like spin the globe and see where people are shopping um from and it's literally everywhere on the planet it's so cool to, to look to look at it's a it's a fun feature that we often every time we have a big launch of any new product or anything everybody's like okay everybody go look at the live view see where everybody's coming from so that was a lot of fun to see yeah we treat it as like a team hangout and the obvious question is why did we decide to do an adult box so i think people have been asking us for an adult uh, specifically our fantasy box for quite some time. Alcrate launched back in 2015, 
and you know that's several years ago now and i think our audience has kind of grown with us we obviously still love ya that'll always be kind of our roots it's always where we came from but a lot of the team loves adult fantasy and i think a lot of our subscribers have also had their tastes not mature but evolve say over the years and again still loving that YA, but maybe wanting something a bit more leveled up, maybe a bit more complex, just a bit, something a little bit different to sink your teeth into. Um, and we had such, when we put our, put our feelers out there to the community, so to speak, and did a survey a while back asking, is this something you want? What do you want to see? We had such an overwhelmingly positive, yes, do this, um, that we're like, okay, we have to do this. And with the help of um, our now bigger team, we have the resources now to actually give it the time and dedication it deserves. Before we were in such a small team that it was like, how do we add something new without getting overwhelmed? So now that we have this bigger team, and by bigger, I mean, it's still, we're still very much a small business. <laughs> Before there was like six of us and now there's like, I don't even, I don't know exactly, but 15 or so maybe. But now that we have the resources, we can actually like, treat this new product in the way that it deserves and make our editions beautiful and pick all the best books coming out and uh, send some more bookish love out into the world. And uh, I think everybody's really excited about July's book, no spoilers, but we're excited to see what people think of it because it's so different than the original. It's beautiful. And uh, we're just excited about this project to keep it going and just keep making it bigger and better. I'm excited too, because I know that we were talking about this before we started recording the podcast, but it's almost like a natural continuation of the fans that have been with Owlcray and stuck by us since 2015. Uh, those fans are obviously older, myself included. And the way that I approach reading is very different now too. And a lot of the time I do naturally navigate towards adult fantasy. It's almost like I've come full circle because in the last podcast I mentioned that I, I kind of cut my teeth on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And then I got into the really good YA that's come out in the last little while. And now uh, the adult fantasy market is just exploding. Uh, absolutely, yeah. All right, so now that we've talked about our adult box a little bit, we thought it would be fun to jump into maybe what Jordan and I think of some of our all-time favorite adult fantasy titles and maybe kind of where we started in our adult fantasy journey so to speak. I have read many 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 hundreds of adult fantasy books um, and I think we both have some some great recommendations and although we love to talk behind the scenes I think we also love to give you guys great recommendations while also doing that so we're going to get into a few Crux from each of us, and then at the end of the pod, we'll do a QA. Okay, I'll go first. In the last few years, I've read some really incredible fantasy novels, and I know that you're going to kind of highlight Samantha Shannon for a different series, but I'm going to start with uh, Priory of the Orange Tree uh, nice. because I went into that novel with ha without having read the synopsis. It was one of those books where I knew that, you know, it was going to be popular, and people were talking about the cover because the cover is stunning. And it's this beautiful dragon wrapped around an actual tower. And one of the things that I really love about it is that there really is an orange tree in it. Um, but I really like Priory and I accidentally fell into this like wonderful queer novel that is a standalone. And although another book that's a prequel has come out this year, you can read it just in a couple of days and it's beautiful and there's dragons in it. 
and it's all about just happy relationships, ultimately happy. There, there's some significant conflict and, you know, dragons, but still it's beautiful. And I want to talk about City of Brass because S.A. Chakraborty is one of my favorite authors and I really, really like Middle Eastern fantasy. Yeah, I've read both those books as well. Priory, I will say, don't be scared. I know it looks scary because it's very big. <laughs> it is a large weapon of a novel. <laughs> um, if you needed to defend yourself, that's a book to grab. But it's very approachable. And it's very different than Samantha Shannon's other work, The Bone Season, which I love. They're completely different, both fantastic. But yeah, don't be too scared. goes long because... I think if you're getting into adult fantasy, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I know I did struggle with it is uh, long book scaries. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes they're going to take you a little while to finish. And you know what? That's okay. But I think my first book that I want to talk about that I really kind of in the past five years really took me into why I love the genre so much is the fifth season. I believe I talked about it in our previous pod, so I won't go into that one too much um, by N.K. Jemison, fifth season. It's just wonderful. But I will also say that I would be remiss, if you know me, that I have read every single one of Brandon Sanderson's books. Most of them more than once. And if you know anything about Brandon Sanderson, is that man can put out a novel. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I personally find his work intimidating because I don't know where to start. Oh, well, I can help you. Let me help. I think a perfect series to read if you are a YA reader and maybe want to dip your toes into adult fantasy and are kind of intimidated. And this is probably a pretty common recommendation, I think. But it's the Miss Burn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. One of our main protagonists is a teenager. They are adult fiction, but uh, you get the point of view of a teenager. So it really does feel like it's nothing, it's it's more complex, it's this vivid world, it's fantastic writing, it's funny, which I love, it's funny and clever, but you still have this bit of a youthfulness to it, so to speak. And it's just fantastic. And I will say, for those wanting to get into Brandon Sanderson, all of his worlds, yes, connect, but they don't need to be read in any order. Yeah, I fell down the Brandon Sanderson rabbit hole, I think starting, gosh, maybe four or five years ago. And I think I'm up to maybe 30 books right at this point. There's a few. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, I would re be remiss not to mention it uh, because he's definitely the author I've read the most books from, other than Stephen King. But Stephen King isn't a favorite author. But we don't need to touch that subject today. <laughs> I feel like we do, actually. Okay, because so you've read more Stephen King novels than Brandon Sanderson, but he's not a favorite author of yours. No. So what gets you to come back again and again to Stephen King? It's a really dumb reason. And it's because I often find his books for like a dollar at the first store. <laughs> that's not a dumb reason because it's also, <laughs> his stuff is digestible though. And I think that that's what's oh, yeah. made him such a prolific and popular author. It's that almost anybody can pick up a Stephen King book. They know what they're going to get. They're entertained. And it's written in such a way that, well, I mentioned accessibility, right? 
they're easier to read, so they're digestible. When when I go to the pool, I see so many people lined up with Stephen King books. It's crazy. <laughs> I think it's really, I think Stephen King is just a, a very interesting person. So but interesting. B, his novels are so eclectic. Like yeah. one of my favorite books ever is a Stephen King book. It's eleven twenty two sixty three which is a time travel book about the assassination of JFK, which doesn't seem like something I would love, <laughs> but it's fantastic. But then all the other books he writes, especially some of his older stuff where it's just like, it's too crass for me. Yeah, I don't like gross and he can be quite gross. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, he's so yeah, Stephen King is something, I feel like we could do, Maybe in the fall we'll do a whole horror episode where we can we can talk about some of these writers a bit more in depth. But Stephen King's an interesting person, and he writes interesting books, but not a favorite author. I like that, and it it also kind of highlights that you can enjoy certain books without needing to have that be a favorite author or a favorite fandom or something like that. I've yeah, certainly exactly. got authors that are my you know my easy breezy go to. Hundred percent. I'm the an Emily books. Henry lady. Occasionally, and- I just like a good. <laughs> <laughs> brain candy break it's funny because like when i think of emily henry i actually think of ya books because that's i've read i think i've read all of emily henry's ya books which what, came sorry up. what did emily henry write in ya why am i unaware of this let's see she read the love of the world which was an owl crate book um a million junes uh when the sky fell on splendor i've read all of those books um and like Million Junes came out in 2017, When the Sky Fell on Splendor 2019, uh, The Love That Split the World was 2016. So she's been publishing for a while. So when I think of her, I still think of her as a YA author, even though she's kind of blasted onto the scene as a contemporary romance, adult contemporary romance author. So I just find that she really switched it up. <laughs> uh, the same thing can be said for some of our Owlcrate authors and favorite YA authors now, because they're certainly branching out now into this adult fantasy sphere so when we're thinking about certain authors we could even pinpoint V.E. Schwab absolutely yeah and I think that she's a really great example of like being able to successfully move from YA into the adult uh, genre kind of very fluidly because she grew up with her readers exactly and like I say I feel the same thing like Julie Murphy has recently made the switch as well or maybe even not switch but just addition shall we say you know, just trying different age ranges, um, and I'm 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 here for it. Because <laughs> we've we've talked about fantasy, fantasy, mm-hmm. but one of the the things that I find very fa- like fascinating is the new adult romanticy genre that's very much still emerging. Right. See, this is I think I need to pick your brain about romanticy because romanticy is a term that I only heard for the first time like two weeks ago. I know that that's how emerging it is, and I think for a very long time it was seen as the new adult. genre and it was to meant to kind of bridge the gap between YA and adult but it didn't really do that instead I think that it did this really fascinating thing where it literally combined romance and high fantasy and although we've seen people do this successfully in the past and I mean paranormal romance is a very good example of this it was more and it was and still is more urban fantasy so you've always got that low fantasy and when I say low fantasy what I mean by this is that there's fantastical elements within the real world. So yeah. 
everybody listening, you might know that as like Crescent City would be a really great example of something that that is looks like our world, but has fantastical creatures within it. And, you know, you have J.R. Ward, who is yeah. an OG paranormal romance author, Christine Feehan, who is admittedly one of my favorites. And they've kind of paved the way for the previous generation who really enjoy that fantasy romance. And now authors like Sarah J. Maas, and of course, you could even pinpoint uh, Rebecca Yaros with all of this fourth wing insanity that's coming out Uh, they've paved the way for this new term which is romanticy and the premise is that there is a romance that is the core part of the plot and story but it is set within a completely high fantasy world and And i I I think that that's itch the scratch scratch the itch scratch the itch itch the scratch (laughs) it's scratch the itch um i will say i don't know if i have ever read a romanticy book I'm sure I have. Uh, You have, because you recently read The Foxglove King, right? Yes, I did read that. I guess that's romanticy, but that one, it still had like a... Maybe I'm just confused because I haven't read enough of it. um, (laughs) That I thought it would be even more heavy on the romance in that one. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's more romance in that book. I liked that book, by the way. I think that you would genuinely like Fourth Wing, then. I think you should have it on your TBR, because... Yes, there's romance, um, but I think that the reason this story has really taken off is that the romance is almost like a secondary plot within the fantasy. Yeah, see, that's what, I think that's that's probably where my interest lies, but I don't know because I need to read more, so I'm open to it. Right now, I will say the hyper on fourth wing has me a little bit scared because I don't want to, I, I mean, the average rating that book has on Goodreads is wild. <laughs> what is um, the average like, rating? I read Fourth Wing about a week before everything really popped off online. And I remember because I I casually strolled into my bookstore and I managed to snag a copy that has the sprayed edges before it became like a thing online. Okay, so the the average rating has gone down a little bit from when I heard it before, but it's a 4.68, which is very high. I personally would give it a 4 out of 5. But I am insanely interested to see what Rebecca Yaros has in store for the rest of the series. And more importantly, where this is going to take her after. Yeah. And, you know, I assumed, and I don't know why I assumed for a long time that Fourth Wing was YA. Apparently, I'm very wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's actually possibly the best example of a popular romanticy currently is is Fourth Wing. And there, there is romance and it's not fade to black in the book whatsoever I'm not going to spoil it for anybody but I will say that the thing that kind of kept me interested was how well written the main character is and especially in terms of her disability and just just the inside view that we got into this character and it is own voice from the author so the level of authenticity came across so well in the character, it was remarkably well done. And the the dragons themselves, you will see, they actually have fully fledged personalities. They are thinking, sentient beings. And I just, I love that. You know that's I love so, that. That's so you. That's so on Jordan's brand. <laughs> and the humans are great. The elves are great. But if you can give me a talking dragon, or even better yet, a ship pig or something like that, I am here <laughs> for it. Absolutely. Now, do we want to do maybe one more rec each 
and then we can get into some audience Q&As. Sure. So another rec that I have for everybody then just before I forget off the top of my head is actually a book called The Shadow of the Gods by John Gwynn. And I'm not certain whether or not you've heard about this, but there's no romance to be had in this book whatsoever. It's a lot about uh, familial and military uh, background folks who have to come together to stop uh, the gods from rising again, which I, I really enjoyed. And the second book is called The Hunger of the Gods. And I'm waiting on more from John Gwynn. I, I like some of the old school folks like you like Brandon Sanderson. I like Terry Brooks. I cut my teeth on Tolkien. And this guy is just doing it very, very, very well. It's like a Viking fantasy. That's what I haven't sunk my teeth into yet. Again, as somebody who reads long books all the time, I look at John Gwynn's books and go, that's a very long book. Which really, it doesn't matter that it's a long book. Right now, I'm, I'm currently, okay, I have two wrecks. Because I'll do one that I'm currently reading and one that actually Jordan and I read together a little while ago. Um, but I'm currently on the third book in the Live Ship Traders trilogy by Robin Hobb. I'm late to the Robin Hobb train. I read the Farseer trilogy a couple years ago and really liked it. It's again super approachable, really not simply written, but like easily consumed fantasy. And it's set in this bigger. Uh, realm of the elderlings world and i believe you can read them out of order there's a bunch of different trilogies and series within the realm of the elderlings i'm reading them in order uh, the live ship traders trilogy is the second one which is what i'm reading and the live ships traders trilogy is about a world in which these families um, have ships that are sentient so like the mass the figurehead on the ships is like an actual person and it's just fascinating, and the characters are wonderful, and they, again, I think each book is about 800 pages long. They're mass markets, though, so, so um, the ones I have. Um, those are another another series of books that I try to pick up used. I just love an old, crusty mass market fantasy book with, like, the crazy, like, really uh, stylized covers that you would never see anymore. <laughs> like, I just love those. Um, so that's something that I'm currently reading that I just love. Robin Hobb is such a fantastic writer. And then I will also shout out Octavia Butler. Octavia Butler's more sci-fi, also has fantasy, but I read Kindred recently for the first time, and wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> like, for a book that was written in the 70s, it's, it has aged perfectly. It um, has. It's still powerful and relevant, and we found out one time that it's actually one of the most recommended books of from the moderators in the nest. I, I believe it. It's it's a, just a fantastic story. It is brutal and heartbreaking, but just, wow. Octavia Butler is fast becoming um, a, a new favorite author. I also recently read um, Parable of the Sower. Again, fantastic. If you like cults, another good one. <laughs> I do like cults. Cult, who doesn't like a cult book here and there? Um, so yeah, Octavia Butler is another recommendation. She's kind of like, somebody who helped shape the sci-fi genre um, and 10 out of 10 recommend. A hundred percent. If we didn't have Octavia Butler, we wouldn't have like, um, like the new modern Becky Chambers style books and things like that. So yeah. props to all of the OGs that paved the way for everybody else. hundred percent. Yeah. She's like won every major sci-fi award that you can possibly think of. So 
Well, if I thought we were doing sci-fi, I would have come in with more recommendations, Corey. I'm sorry. I don't. I actually don't know if our box is going to be will feature any sci-fi. But to me, I I put fantasy and sci-fi under speculative, right? So it's speculative. Yeah. So they're they're like they're not the same, but they're cousins. <laughs> um, I like that they're often, cousins. Yeah, and I like often that. They, they they like kind of. Like when you look at a dystopia, that's technically sci-fi, but it's often fantastical. Um, so yeah, it's another conversation that we can definitely have. <laughs> and I think with that being said, should we maybe dive into a few questions from um, our listeners? Full disclosure: these weren't these were collected by our good friend and marketing team star Sophie on Instagram. Um, so we will read out Instagram handles and answer a few of your questions. Yeah, and we sneakily asked this because we didn't tell anybody what this would be for. And yeah, we we got some interesting questions. This one I'm going to start out is my favorite one. I'm not entirely sure what they mean, but I think that we can probably just (laughs) answer. So this is from Steel underscore Ella. And the question is, favorite bookish smell? Okay, so I feel like there's two ways to interpret this. I'm like, I'm like, ready. (laughs) Um, There's either like, like say what books smell like or a smell mentioned in a book and I will say something that I find really funny in books and I understand why authors do it but it's like when a character like smells like rain and fresh mowed grass and caramel coffee <laughs> and it's like it's like how are you really really up in that armpit like what's happening here <laughs> like, <laughs> It always like makes me makes me and I like I understand that they're trying to evoke something. I get it, but it's just something that once you start noticing it, you never stop noticing it. <laughs> so, um, but I say I'm going real world because, like I've mentioned a few times, I go used book shopping. That's primarily how I like to shop for books, and the smell of a used bookstore, mm. perfect. I love it. <laughs> On the flip side, I'm going to say that brand new, just out of the packaging book smell. Because they all smell exactly the same, and I know exactly what I'm going to smell when I open it up. Which is weird, right? But I find that comforting. I'm finding the... Do you want to know something that's kind of gross? Yes, Um, absolutely. (laughs) So do our listeners. So like I mentioned that I find pretty much all of the Stephen King books I read used. I found 1122.63, a big like hardcover used and I bought it and this is gross but it felt evocative of the story when I was reading it it smelled vaguely like cigarettes like old cigarettes like somebody clearly this book came from a household where people smoked inside um and for some reason that just like fit the like 60s setting of the story so like incredibly well I'm like this is really gross but also kind of a fascinating experience (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that was like something i'll always remember i'm like this is disgusting but also i appreciate it (laughs) i have no answer that is any way as cool or as weird as yours which is (laughs) true for many things actually yeah yeah i'm not as cool as we'll get to some of those stories someday but yeah that was i think that's one of my favorite book is smelling experience I, didn't, I don't think everybody has a bookish smelling experience, but I sure do. Do you remember the books that used to be like, the picture books that used to be like scratch and sniff? Did you ever Yes, have those, those still exist. 
My kid has some of those. Yeah. <laughs> Takes you right back they should, to those Crayola scented markers. Oh my goodness. Like How have we headings? not approached the curation team about doing scratch and sniffs inside books? Oh my god, like the chapter headings, having like a scratch and sniff? Like, how cool would that be? That'd be great. <laughs> Especially for the romanticy. Maybe in certain chapters, no. <laughs> okay, for those Could you imagine if you opened up to like chapter 55, you know, it was like tomato soup smell? Scratch oh, and no. sniff. Oh no. No, please. No, thank you. <laughs> You say that, but I think folks are going to listen to this and be like, oh, that's, that would be dire. <laughs> <laughs> now those listening, don't tell. <laughs> don't tell. This is something we're going to do. I'm just kidding. It's probably logistically a nightmare. All right, let's do I have one. more questions for us. All right. Sure. BRM Smith 13 says, how do you get authors to agree to collaborate with Owl Crate? Are most authors receptive? So I can talk from my perspective of getting authors to collaborate with Owlcrate um, because a lot of what I do for my job is convincing people to come and talk to me. And this is Jordan uh, referring to like nest chats, not like book stuff. No, I have no idea how the curation team does it. They are magic. (laughs) Um, But I can tell you that from my perspective, how do I get authors to agree to collaborate with us? Uh, Sheer audacity is my answer. (laughs) I send an email and I say, hey, would you like to come talk to us? And they say yes or they say no. But I would say 80% of the time they are like, sure, why not? And there really isn't any other secret. Most authors are incredibly receptive. If they're busy, they're still kind. I still get the kindest emails back saying, no, Jordan, I can't do it, but I hope you're doing well. And We're lucky now, too, that now that you've joined our team, we have different publishing contacts and stuff as well, where we can reach out to specific agents and publicists and things like that, who maybe represent a a wide variety of authors. But yeah, so you've been doing a fantastic job with that. I can speak a little bit to how authors are included, like books get included in boxes. Um, We do have a plan down the road to invite a member or maybe the curation team to a pod to talk about that process more. Um, so I'll leave it for them to go into the details, but I do know that we typically, not 100% of the time, but most of the time uh, work directly with the publishers and not the author to get these things done. And as far as I'm aware, no one has ever said no. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely like we work with uh, the major publishers they send us lists of books months and months and months and months and months in advance, and we read them, and then we pick what we like, and voila! <laughs> um, I'm sure there's way more to that process than I'm making it sound so easy, um, but we'll have a future pod where we'll, we'll jump, we'll dive deep into the curation process, and, and we can do some more reveals then. Yes, that will be a lot of fun. We can answer some of these, these questions a little bit better, because I know a lot of our fans are very, very interested in how we choose things and how we curate things. And Corey and I are on the marketing and retention and community side, and we're like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't sat in a curation meeting, I think, since we were in the office, really. Or even then, I wasn't really in a meeting, but I would sit beside Karina, so I kind of knew what was happening. <laughs> Karina was my desk buddy, but uh, now... And it's not a secret, but I think that we just don't look. No, a lot of the time when we get our boxes in the mail, I don't know what's going to be in it. To be honest, when I got, I, uh, this was kind of funny, when I got my June box, it wasn't the book I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it, no, really? I was like, it was the book that we're sending in July. Not, no spoilers. Um, okay. So, so the book I thought it was going to be is the book we were, sent, were sending this month. 
rather than last month. And I was like, oh, well, that's a nice surprise. <laughs> so now I have a, I've already read the July book because I thought it was good coming in June. Um, the July book is fantastic, by the way. It was really, really good. I'm excited for that one for reasons that I'm not allowed to mention on this podcast, but I will after everybody sees it. So (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard not being Tom Holland. Um, Kristen's (laughs) reading corner has sent in a question that I'm really glad that you're here for Okay, because you'll be able to answer this. And that's at, will we be able to use our points on subscriptions at some point? Ah, yes, that's me. If you guys didn't know, my technical title at Owl Creek, I might, I think I mentioned it in the last pod, is Head of Retention. Wow, sounds boring. Um, but basically, I help set up our loyalty program with all the rewards points and stuff like that. And yes, the answer is yes. It is a big feature that is important to us to develop and develop, again, boring, developing websites takes forever. Because um, none of, we kind of work with outside people who contract in to help us do our website stuff. Because I, and I think Jordan probably as well, cannot code. Uh, very little. Um, but basically right now we don't have the option when, uh, for, for subscribers to enter rewards points for their upcoming subscription renewals. And it is something actively being worked on. I know it's been a while. It's going to happen. Can I tell you exactly what? No, but yes, that is the plan. Subscribers will be able to use their reward points on upcoming subscription renewals. And if for some reason that changes, I will let you know. But in my heart and soul, we're getting it done. <laughs> awesome. Uh, a question from Abby. Abby Covey 2. I don't know whether or not you've read this series. Have you read uh, Once Upon a Broken Heart? I have. Okay. Team Apollo or Team Jax? Oh, no. <laughs> I think, I mean, it has to be Jax, right? It's, I'm not going to say anything other than Jax. Jax is the reason I keep reading those books. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's such a fun series. Um, really looking forward to the, is the third book the final book? I believe it is. is it, it is, yeah. It is, okay. I'm looking and forward to And we just sold that. out. We just sold out, so thank you everybody mm-hmm. for that. Such a beautiful addition. Fantastic. Once Upon a Broken Heart is coming out in September, I believe. Yeah, and we'll get it to you pretty quickly. We're, we're, we're known to be pretty prompt, aren't we, Corey? We try to be. <laughs> it's uh, not this, as easy as it looks. <laughs> no. This is a fun one that I can help answer, because this is something that I'm working on for the community. But intrigued, intrigued it's, intrigued I'm sorry, I have definitely not said your name correctly. But they ask, will OC ever do subscriber submitted curation concepts or ideas? Kind of yes. And that's because we are soon to launch a cool community initiative called Curator for a Day. That's right. People in the nest, my nesties, my folks in the community who are active and hang out with us and really want to be more involved with Owlcrate will be able to sign up to potentially get chosen to hang out in curation session with Owlcrate on Team Owlcrate Junior YA or our adult team. And you'll be able to sit in and tell us what you think we should do here at Owlcrate. Isn't that cool, Corey? That's really fun. That's a really fun idea. I love that. 
Uh, just read SJM. <laughs> it says, what's your current read? I think we already talked about it, but I'm reading the third book in the Life of Traders, uh, Ship of Destiny by Robin Hobb. Good stuff. What about you? I'm currently reading Legends and Lattes. Oh, that's fun. Which I didn't get to, to, to talk about, even though it is an adult fantasy in this podcast, but it is so cute. It is illegally cute. <laughs> and it's a type of like fantasy subgenre that I've needed for a long time without even realizing it. Yeah. Cozy fantasy vibes. All right. Should we do one more question before signing off? Yes. I'm just trying to find one. Okay. Corey, this is one for you. Uh, the Kaija asks, are you going to do a yearly sale of the 2022 leftover stock? Of the 2022 leftover stock? Yeah. Um, we have something in our shop called 2022 Unboxed right now, um, where most of 2022 is available, I believe. If you actually mean 2023, um, maybe. Black Friday is usually when we do some big sales like that. And I know it's only July for most of the population, but for those who work in marketing, um, Black Friday is now, starts now, um, the planning for Black Friday. So if we do do a 2023 unbox, I imagine it will happen around Black Friday. I cannot guarantee anything, but I would watch that space. <laughs> awesome. Thank you all for the questions. We are going to put more up on Instagram because uh, we want we want to know what you want to ask us and stay tuned for our next chapter because chapter two will include Corey and I doing a buddy read of yes. 12. Yes. We're going to dig just, into middle grade next time. We're doing middle grade and I'm very excited. 12th was an Alcrate junior pick. Oh gosh. I think it was 2022 um, and neither Jordan and I have read it and it's a summer camp story, so now is the perfect time of year to dive in. Um, I'm very excited. So we'll be doing our first little book club next time, and uh, we will, I'm sure, love it and have lots of thoughts and feels to share with you next time. We sure will. I, I bet it'll make us cry. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Until next time, keep reading, have fun, follow us on Instagram, and if you're not in the nest, you should be. And TikTok. And TikTok. And TikTok. Don't forget about TikTok. Join TikTok for Christiane. Her videos are amazing. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.